Hello, this is Jessica Jimeno, and you are listening to Flip Switch, the podcast and blog that helps teens and 20-somethings understand depression and bipolar disorder. Flip Switch is brought to you by the Balanced Mind Foundation. Yes, I am playing the Back to the Future theme song composed by Alan Silvestri and a scene between Doc and Marty McFly. Why? Because it will help us answer this question. Can a person diagnosed with depression or bipolar become president of the United States? Many of you have experienced stigma being doubted by teachers, co-workers, and even family just because you have a mental illness. Indeed, many candidates have lost elections because they got help. But there was a candidate who was very open about his depression, who actually became President of the United States. In fact, many historians regard him as the greatest president this country has ever had. His decisiveness ended slavery. So, hop on this DeLorean with me. First, we'll go back in time to see why Abraham Lincoln's depression was not an issue. Then we'll travel back to the present to see how officials with depression are treated. Third and finally, we'll learn three things we can do now to eliminate stigma. I learned about Lincoln's depression by reading Lincoln's Melancholy, How Depression Challenged a President and Fueled His Greatness by Joshua Wolf Schenck. Eighteen sixty, candidate Abraham Lincoln delivers a speech at Cooper Union to a crowd that goes wild. He concludes his speech. Let us have faith that right makes might, and in that faith, let us to the end dare to do our duty as we understand it. On page 163, Schenck says the New York Tribune wrote that Lincoln's speech was one of the happiest and most convincing political arguments ever made in this city. Few orators stood down the slave power more fearlessly than he. Few framed the contest so nakedly, right versus wrong, liberty versus slavery, patriotism versus greed. On page 166, Schenck says other lawmakers, VIPs, and the media knew of Lincoln's chronic depression, but many didn't seem to care. Many saw Lincoln as resilient because he accomplished so much despite depression and having a humble background. He was, after all, the son of a farmer. Political rivals didn't hold his depression against him. The writer of one Democratic newspaper, John Hill told the story of Lincoln's first breakdown, not in a gossiping way, but as a triumph over adversity story. Hill didn't question Lincoln's fitness for office, but rather encouraged young people by telling them that they too could become great if they await the occasions which shall rule their destinies. Fast-forwarding to the present, let's see how we treat officials with mental illnesses. 
In a September 26, 2010 interview on CNN, Candy Crawley asked Senator Joseph Lieberman about whether or not Afghan President Hamid Karzai was fit to be president because he may have bipolar disorder. Through a reenactment based on an actual transcript from the interview, you can hear what Candy Crawley asked the senator. And Bob Woodward has a new book out talking a lot about the run-up to the surge, if you will, in Afghanistan. One of the things that came out of it was that a number of people believe that President Karzai is bipolar, sometimes called manic-depressive. We now have that on top of a second really fraudulent election over there in Afghanistan. Does the U.S. really have a reliable partner in Hamid Karzai? I remember watching this, wondering what Joseph Lieberman was going to say. Then, he gave a two-minute answer about the history of the region and the reasons he trusts the U.S. partnership with Karzai. In his answer, he never once mentioned bipolar disorder. Lieberman didn't take the bait. The biggest example of a U.S. election in which someone lost everything for seeking help is what happened to Thomas Eagleton in 1972. Democratic nominee George McGovern asked him to join his ticket. Eagleton told staffers that on three occasions he had inpatient psychiatric treatment for depression. As Schenck says on page 166, at first McGovern decided Eagleton should stay on the ticket, but after a barrage of negative press, McGovern dropped Eagleton like a bad habit. The media doubted Eagleton's character because he got help for depression, Nixon wound up beating McGovern. As we all know, Nixon resigned after the Watergate scandal in 1974. Nixon did not have a mental illness, but he did have a character problem. What can we learn from Lincoln's time? How can we eliminate stigma? Here are three things you and I can do. First, judge employees by their contributions, not their illnesses. There are many people with mental and physical illnesses who are very accomplished, but some people don't trust people who are ill. If we apply this measure, then we would never have had FDR as president. Being in a wheelchair didn't hinder him from leading us through the Great Depression and World War II. Another president we wouldn't have if we judge people by their illnesses is JFK. He suffered from an autoimmune disease, but that didn't keep him from protecting us during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And Lincoln's depression didn't keep him from success. He held the Union together during the Civil War and ended slavery. Second, don't confuse character and mental illness. These are two separate concepts. Character has to do with right versus wrong, whether a person is honest or not. There are people without mental illnesses who have no character, and there are people with mental illnesses who do have character. Third, and finally, share this podcast with others. Studies have shown that people let go of stigma when they hear other people's stories, rather than being told that what they're thinking is wrong. In Flip Switch, I do a lot of interviews with people who overcome adversity. 
When I tell people about the astounding things people have accomplished, they are shocked and it forces them to rethink biases they have about mental illness. For example, one guest, Melody Moisey, who has bipolar, is an attorney and a published author. Another guest, a 16-year-old, Kira, who has bipolar, has written songs that have won recording contracts. To conclude, there are three things we can do to eliminate stigma. First, judge employees by their contributions, not their illnesses. Second, don't confuse character and mental illness. Third, and finally, share this podcast with others. You can always hear other Flip Switch podcasts and read my blogs on the Flip Switch page at www.thebalancedmind.org forward slash flip switch forward slash podcast. Leave a comment. Be heard. Until we meet again, this is Jessica Jimeno signing off and saying thank you for listening to Flip Switch.